the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Pastor Joe Sutton coming at you uh, from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis and our radio ministry here, Isaiah 61. Uh, just a reminder to everyone, uh, we had a real good time at uh, at the Urban Refuge Church on Sunday. We had a joint service, and and um, we heard from two just powerful individuals, you know, one guy whose life yeah, went down the path of, you know, white supremacist gangs and bikers, and another one who was a black nationalist and going on there, but, but at the cross, at the foot of the cross, they both found Christ. You know, and I think that's one thing that's kind of hard for us at times to realize is to separate our culture, you know, from our, our relationship with Christ. And uh, as we're talking about purpose this month and what purpose goes into, um, I, I had a real, you know, just one of the weeks, it wasn't a rough week, but it was rough from the st- standpoint is that when you thought you taken care of something and then you found out you didn't, <laughs> or you thought you explained yourself well, but you found out it wasn't understood and uh, it was good in a way that it brought clarity, but in the, at the same time, it just reminded me of the of the importance of discipleship. You know, you just can't sit a bunch of people in a room and, and tell them about Jesus and tell them about their walk. Uh, you know, our Master gave us a, a, a formula. He gave us a he gave us a, a system, and it involved personal relationship. That's the thing with Christianity; is just so important. Not only do we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, our Savior. And not only does that personal relationship allows us into a personal relationship with God, our father, but God expects us to have personal relationships with our brothers and sisters in Christ, especially those whom we're teaching to walk in his ways and to obey his statutes. You know, and so uh, a lot of times, you know, I know my role as pastor, I can't spend one on one time with everybody. You know, I mean, that's just I, I could if I kept a small church, but if I if I if I have any kind of growth. I'm not going to be able to give everybody that that same amount of time. And so you need people that come around you that mature in the faith that uh, understand that and, and they will open up their their homes. You know, that's one of the reasons why a leader in the body of Christ, uh, one of the aspects that Paul said, he must be given to much hospitality, not some hospitality, but to much hospitality. And I'm just amazed a lot of times at how many leaders uh, are not given the hospitality. I mean, I mean, and I don't mean just hospitality as when you invite one of your peers or you invite somebody who's, you know, a little bit higher than you. I'm talking about just inviting anybody to your house. You know what I mean? And, and um, I was fortunate enough when I, when I came to the Lord that I was in a, a, a church where leadership practiced much hospitality. And a uh, matter of fact, it was just not, a, I don't can't think of a given 
Sunday where I wasn't invited to somebody's house after service or um, to some restaurant just to sit and talk about the Lord and, and do some things like that. And then I found out that wasn't the norm as as I as I ventured outside of, of my, my thing. But that I grew so much. I mean, you know, it wasn't just the good messages that the pastor preached, but it was being able to sit down at somebody's house and, and they explained to me struggles, struggles in their marriage, struggles in their manhood. And, you know, as a young single guy, I can really understand what was expected out of me, what kind of groundwork I need to lay uh, in my life to be prepared for what, what need to happen. And so when I say culture, you know, a lot of times we have to understand that race is not culture. And a lot of times in our, in our bid and, and in our fervor for quote unquote racial reconciliation, we mistake race for culture and, and race is not culture. A person can be of the same race, but yet come from a different culture. You know what I mean? We, you know, we see it in high schools where you got, you got uh, jocks and nerds and skaters and whatever, you know, they're, they could be all the same race, but they definitely run with a different culture. You know what I mean? It's, I know it's true for me, you know, growing up even in Chicago, you know, it's like, you know, a South Sider can spot a West Sider and can spot a North Sider. You might, I can't tell the difference, <laughs> but I can tell the difference when a person, when I meet them, you know, but though we're all from Chicago and we may all be the same race, you know what I mean? But if we came from different parts of town, we carried a different aura about ourselves and even, Nationally, we see this, you know, when you go to the south, it's a different kind of culture than in the north than in the west or the Midwest or the East Coast. And so race is not culture. And so when we come into the kingdom, you know, a lot of times we still operate according to our culture. And uh, and so I was, uh, you know, and with to be honest with you, the a model at our church is that we reach out to the least, the last and the lost. So um, God has given me favor. You know what I mean? And I'm just going to say this flat out. God has given me favor uh, in, in, in certain areas and with certain people, especially those who tend to uh, run the street. You know what I mean? If they run the street, if they're out there, I don't care what they're doing. They could be selling drugs, pimping, gangbanging, robbing, whatever like that. You know, God just gives me favor. And uh, and so, therefore, if you uh, when you see members of my church, you can tell, you know, that uh with the ones who just came out, but you can't tell with the ones who've been out a while and have been discipled because now they're coming into a, another culture. You know, they're coming into our church culture. They're understanding how we do things, how we handle business as, as kingdom citizens, not how we handle business uh, out there on the streets or corporate America or wherever your venue was, whatever culture you came from, but you're going to operate out of that culture. And so when, when things happen, there's that first reaction to lean back on your own understanding and say, hey, I'm going to take care of business this way. And then, you know, and that's where uh, people like myself and other more mature believers have to step in and say, no, you got to take care of business this way. You know, what I mean, we're not leaning on our own understanding. We're going to trust God in this issue. And this is this is this is how, you know, and you may not be there faith wise. You know, what I mean, you know, and some of them are not there faith wise, you know, and, and so you got to get them there you know, faith wise. So sometimes that means you may have to step in and do something for them because it, it's just not, it's just not currently in their DNA to respond that way. And so, uh, you know, just, just talking people down sometimes and deescalating situations, you know, cause a lot of times people in the body of Christ don't understand certain codes and there's certain codes that people operate in 
you know, out there in that world. And and, uh, and your word is your bond. Oh, my goodness. You know what I mean? It's there, you know, uh, and, and you respect your chief. And uh, and so when you 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 don't do that, you know, and when they see somebody disrespecting their leader or disrespect, then they're going to respond in the way that they know, you know, which to you may seem threatening or may seem violent. But to them, it's necessary because that's what we do. And so you have to go in there in that process and come back and educate somebody. And what is kingdom culture? The sad thing about it is a lot of times is that sometimes we as Christians don't really understand what kingdom culture is because we're still operating under that particular culture we were raised in or that particular culture we've adopted, uh, you know, since pursuing whatever pursuits we, we come at, you know, it's like, it's just like, if you ask me a certain question about handling money, I can give you, I can give you an accountant's perspective on handling money. But normally when people ask me about money, I give a kingdom perspective on handling money. And, and, and so my friends who don't really understand kingdom, Though they may be Christians, will look at me as if I'm crazy about what I said about how money should be handled because they look at it, they don't expect that to come from me being a trained accountant. But it doesn't matter that 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 accounting culture may say that that we should handle it this way, but the kingdom culture tells me that I have to handle it a whole nother way. You know what I mean? So sometimes I get into conflicts with people when I'm helping them uh, do their taxes or I'm helping them. Uh, do a budget or something like that because, you know, uh, you know, I'll do what I get paid to do, but I'm going to give you my opinion. That's just, you know, how I am. And, and so my opinion may get you in trouble. And so so when we look at trying to pursue our purpose, a lot of times we look at purpose. We judge about what is particular or what we feel comfortable in according to how we were were raised or according to our culture. You know, and, and that's what we go. And a lot of times God is calling us back to him. And so, you know, when I when I look at purpose and I think the first step that I have to look at and understand purpose is that before I go off on a tangent, trying to figure out what my vision is, what my dream is, what my purpose is. I need to understand what God's vision is and what God's purpose is and what, what he wants to accomplish, because because whatever vision I have, I've already submitted myself to God. I've already submitted myself to the master that, that I will serve him. So I will bring his vision to pass. So my vision will, will just, just complement his vision. My vision, you know, he desires for all to be saved. And, and I'm, I'm called to save, uh, you know, people in the urban context. So, you know, I will help God fulfill his vision of all by getting all the people in the urban context, you know what I mean? And so, those who called to get somebody saved in the East or the West or uh, to get young people saved or children saved or elderly people saved or married couples saved. And, and as we all work on our individual vision, we cannot lose sight of the fact that we're fulfilling a greater vision. You know, we're fulfilling the vision of the master. I can have a goal of, of being a top salesperson in my company, but I have to understand that first I need to sell some stuff for my company. You know, the company doesn't exist for me. You know, that company exists for itself and I have to fulfill a goal. So whatever the major goal is of the organization, I come in with a supplemental goal, thus fulfilling my needs and, and fulfilling theirs at the same time. And it's no different with the kingdom. You know, God has an agenda. And, and But do we really know what God agenda is? It? I was reading today in Deuteronomy and, uh, and it just says, you know, just 
the plans God has for you. And, and you know, if you obey his statutes and everything like that, you, it, you'll be well taken care of forever. You and all your descendants, you know, he was reminding them, look, I'm not giving you this land because you're righteous. I'm giving you this land because I loved your, for, your forefathers. And these people were wicked and they're losing it. You know what I mean? So don't yourself, you're thinking how righteous you are because I'm giving it to you. It was a love for your forefathers and these people lost it by not being obedient. You know what I mean? It's just bringing you back to reality. And don't you think that you're that hot? Or don't you think that you're that special? Don't you think you can get away with these things? Or you got this great insight or inroads with me. You know what I mean? You know, understand the reason why you're walking. Because you are a hard, stubborn people, stiff-necked people. You know what I mean? Then he goes on to explain all the things they, the way they were uh, rebellious to him and the things that were going on. And and to go back to that point. But he just wanted to understand that I'm fulfilling my promise. You know what I mean? And I'm fulfilling my promise. And that's the power of purpose is that as we be a blessing to him, his word says, given it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. And so giving is the key part of what we do, because as we give, it comes flowing over. And, and we all know that the, the, the good things that we do are carried for a thousand generations. So there's some things that my forefathers have done that put me in a position of being blessed. There's some things my forefathers have done that, that helped me back too. But the bottom line is, is if God before you, who can be against you? He can write the ship back in a generation. He could take, if he could take Joseph from, from there being a part of a rich family, a prosperous family and knowing what it is to be, a, be a leader and, and then to see that all get shattered and dream and then poof, pop him up again. And now he's in an even greater zone, you know, with, with with a with a record, you know, what I mean? <laughs> the brother had a record, you know, what I mean, but it still got up there to be number two in the nation and look out for his family and rescue his family. And, and but all this fulfilled the word that was spoken to his grandfather. You know, what I mean, so understand this, our vision and our purpose is greater than us. You know, and what I mean by greater than us is means that that God has laid out his purpose and laid out his plan. And we're walking into this thing. So we need to be knowledgeable, not only knowledgeable of the call that's on our life, but we need to be knowledgeable of what it is that God wants to do, what it is that God is trying to accomplish, you know, on the earth. And then we need to know and be knowledgeable of what it is God has already done through my family. And, and what is he expecting me to, to continue to wrap up, to start anew and start afresh. So we got a lot of knowing to do. You know, we have a lot of knowing to do, but it gets in there. And, and I like the, the, the story of, of uh, Jacob and his family and, and how, uh, you know, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and then how they went in there and, and how they p- verbally passed down that history. You know, it's just such an Eastern way of, you know, whether, you know, whether in my context from, you know, my forefathers and telling African storytellers and coming back, you know, what I mean, or my other forefathers, you know, the, the, the Cherokee. You know, what I mean, how they were passed down through verbal communication, always had a storytelling thing. You know, and they do that. But nowadays in families, we don't have a storyteller. You know, we don't have a person who can rattle off everybody's uh, children and talk about what they did and, and give you a historical background of family. You know, uh, this weekend we did a purpose seminar. And, and one of the things I asked people to go back and, and about their family, and this one young lady shared that she, all her elders were gone. They passed away. She has no one to ask about, you know, you know, her great grandparents or anything like that, you know, and it was to me, that's a sad thing because I've always had that in my family. I've always had that person who could uh, tell me about them and tell me the stories and, and tell me the names and, 
And, you know, even though I've done the Ancestry.com thing and going back and look, but it was just so much better when you get a personal story out of somebody that, that shares a couple key points, right? So we, purpose. Purpose is our thing. Purpose is where we're going. Purpose is the direction we're traveling in. And uh, we're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back. And I want to talk about a, a couple uh, barriers to purpose, some things that come in and will, will, will hinder you and get you sidetracked. And you don't want that to happen because you want to fulfill your purpose upon this earth. All right. Take care. Be right back after the break. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. This is Nick Anderson, General Manager of the Mission. As an Eagle Scout, Be Prepared was instilled in me as the Boy Scout model. As a ministry leader, how prepared is your organization for the unexpected? Are you prepared to support a member of your congregation for when their home burns down or when severe weather rolls through your neighborhood? How will your organization react? The Mission is hosting a free Crisis and Security Summit Thursday, January 26th. To register for this free event, go to am980themission.com. Brought to you by Mill City Protection Agency. Hey, welcome back to Isaiah 61. This is Pastor Joe Sutton with a little bump, bump, bump on your Saturday. And, uh, you know, that we, we go around and just say, say I won't. Oh, my buddy, my little young son loves that song. <laughs> I think it gives him a license to say I won't. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we laugh and we joke about that going back and forth. And one of the things that we laugh and joke about in, uh, in the subject of purpose is that uh, regularly, me and my my kids, we sit down and we talk about purpose, and and I'm always reiterating to them uh, what I felt as I prayed for them over the years, uh, why I raised them, the direction I raised them, and sent them to the schools I sent them to. Not during college and getting out of college, they're starting to put their feet to it and starting to understand, uh, you know, what it was. I'm probably one of the most touching moments. Uh, two moments I had in my life is uh, my my. Oh, eldest son had an opportunity to coach uh, college football at a higher level. He was coaching in Division Three, and they offered him a Division Two job. And uh, and he came back to me, and he just said, "Dad, I can't take it." And I said, "But that's your dream, son. You want to coach? You got to go." He said, I, "He said, he said, I, I can't do it." He said, "I, he said, I, I rather coach a high school in an urban setting than to coach a college." In a small town, he said, "Dad, I guess you you've you've poisoned me. I, I'm urban. I can't. I, I just. <laughs> he's like, the money doesn't mean anything. I, I can't do it. And uh, you know, and 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 it, it 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 thrills anybody to know that that uh you know that you've influenced your child in a positive way. But that wasn't the thing that was a touching as much as the fact that it was that that I I knew that." Some of the things that I did, and I believe that I wasn't crazy because I know God has called my family to minister in the urban context. But, you know, I can't tell my kids what to do. It's a call that they have to feel. And for him to say that was was uh, 
it, it, it was refreshing to me. And then my, my next oldest son, when he came time to pick a college, we were going around to different colleges and, and uh, you know, doing that crazy game. If you ever, if you ever do the recruiting game with your kids, call me. But, you know, it's just like, you know, I had did it. I've, I've done the recruiting game with other athletes that I've coached. But when it's your kid, it's just a, a, a another different level because I'm actually going on the visit. I didn't go on the visit with kids. When they, I just gave them advice. But I'm in there, and, and we, were at, we were at the one school. <laughs> and uh, and so it was a great school, and I liked the school. It was just great facilities, uh, up-and-coming program, a nice, good football conference. You know, he was a good football player. And uh, and he told me, he said, Dad, I can't go. And I said, why can't you go? He said, I, I can't go. He said, I can't be in no small town. <laughs> he said, he said, I got to be in the city. He said, I'm saying, it will be in the city. So he chose to go out to Northwestern and Roseville because he said, at least I'm in an urban environment. I, I can't, you know, I can still play football and I'll still pursue my dream. But, you know, if if, if, if it means not going pro or something like that, I just won't go. You know what I mean? He said, it just because I, I can't spend four years. All they do is play video games and drink beer. I just, that's that's not me. You know what I mean? He said, that's, that's, and wait for the semi-pro basketball team to come to town. He said, at this visit, you know, he was just, he just it was just going. And, you know, so I, I go that way and I say, well, wow, you know, at least I know that, 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 that part of what I feel we've been called to do will keep going on in their lives because uh, that's just what they tend to do. And, and, and right now, as they describe out, how they want their uh, goals to play out, you know, it, everybody, you know, looks to stay in an urban context and they all reach out. My daughter and her husband, uh, they feed homeless people a couple of times a week down in Florida, uh, reaching out to that segment, you know, and so it, it, it's, it's refreshing. But there are some barriers of things that can step in that can, that can ruin your vision. And, you know, and, and a word we like to use in Christian circles called flesh or selfishness is 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 definitely one of those one of those words. And another one is knowledge. You know what I mean. And and the thing about knowledge is this: is that you know Proverbs tells us with all our getting, you know, get understanding. When you know, as we get knowledge, we need to get understanding because understanding is that ability to take that knowledge and apply it to certain situations. You know, I, I'm always battling with my my two my my two adopted children. You know, who are excellent students, straight A students. But when it comes to understanding or, or applying applying things to everyday life, oh my goodness, they got a long way to go. You know, I tell their dad in Nigeria, I say, "You need to go back to them schools and get your money back." I say, "Cause these cats are clueless." You know, if you send them over here to the United States, they will get run. I said, uh, "You know, because it, because it, the United States don't it don't move slow, it moves fast." And you know, and I and so I had to make sure I put them in a nice small little school so they just wouldn't get caught up because. You know, then just excellent book sense, but hasn't gotten to that point of the, that uh, that that common sense, as they would say. But you know, and but knowledge does knowledge puffs up, and, and knowledge makes you step into some arenas that you don't do. Knowledge knowledge makes you not follow the checklist. You know, I mean, you know how it is when you first come into a trade or you come into a job, you do exactly what you need to do. You know, what I mean, they before you get in that truck, you know, what I mean, you do your ten point checklist before you get in that, that CDL truck. You know, when you go to the job, you open up the store, you follow your steps there. But once you get knowledge and you know how to run that thing, man, you do you 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 come up with a whole different way. You have to tell somebody, trainee, don't do what I do. You know what I mean? And, and <laughs> stick to the manual. You know what I mean? Because because you you found a way that's comfortable for you. But sometimes it takes you away from the basics. It takes you away 
from where you are. And I see so many times, you know, I have friends of mine that we started out in this thing together. We started out street witnessing on the street together, doing certain things, working with youth, uh, traveling around, doing events. And then somewhere along the line, they they get they get mixed up. They're no longer an evangelist, you know. You know, you know, now they're a motivational speaker. And that's cool. If God called you to be a motivational speaker, be a motivational speaker. But when you tell me God called you to be an evangelist, but you 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 don't you don't evangelism ain't paying so hot. So now you just switched over to motivational speaker. I said, Why would he change your purpose in midstream? Why would he change your vision? You know what I mean? I understand, you know, we need money to function in this world and everybody's not like me. And uh as I, as they come back and, and, and give me a retort. But I got to understand something. I'm sticking to my purpose. You know what I mean? You know, this earth is temporary. You know what I mean? My my eternity is just that. It's eternal. And so don't allow things, you know, to step in. Don't allow your culture. Don't allow uh, how you've always done stuff. Don't allow uh, your, your, your experience or your knowledge or your talent or your gift to take over for the purpose that God has called you to. Always lean on him. When you get to a position where you no longer lean on him, trust me, he'll come into your life. And give you an assignment that'll make you walk in faith. You know what I mean? So that's my word for you this week. Walk in faith, not in your sight. And have a great week. And we'll wrap this thing up next week. God bless. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.